Welcome to No Pyro No Podcast for Armada Fancast, where we talk all things Jacksonville Armada. And in this episode, we have myself, Daniel Dad Johnson, along with Derek. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Ian. Good evening. And the veteran, Jake Sillick from TheCup.us. Hey, guys. How you doing? Glad to have you here, Jake. Jake is a friend to the podcast. Uh, Some of you may not know some of you that are new to... uh, to the to the armada may not know jake is one of the founders of section 904 actually it was called something else at one point what, what was uh, the name of that jake it was a bad name no it was the about. first coast syndicate i still have my uh, shirt. I, I love that name I, 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 I'll, I'll be real i like that better than our current name Derek, not of course you would you would like it like yeah. that that's that's you eric has yeah. to be contrary every time yeah no i i i loved it so it just felt, felt a little gangster so there you go. Sorry, right, so we got Jake with us, and we're going to talk a little bit of uh, U.S. Open Cup. It's that time of year where yeah. uh, Jake gets all excited. And where are we going to yeah. start, Derek? So uh, let, let's start with this, Jake. Uh, you've been covering uh, the U.S. Open Cup for a while. Um, how long have you been covering it? Yeah, I mean, just kind of informally since 2010, probably since I really started to pay attention to lower division soccer. We're not going to talk about what team I used to be a fan of, are we? We we can. It's just uh we we got we got listeners that are Armada uh supporters. So I mean, the, the Armada didn't come in until, you know, 2013 is when the team was announced, 2014 was the branding, 2015 that's I was in the soccer big time probably about 2008-2009 on and I was friends with a lot of people in college, a lot of people from Tampa. Um, and the Rowdies. Oh, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Not everyone's a part of our pictures. So I was, I got into that and I was, you know, they were like U.S. Open Cup. I'm like, what the heck's U.S. Open Cup? I go and look it up and I'm like, this is incredible. We get to play MLS teams if we advance. That's awesome. And so, just kind of dove in from there. So, that that's how you got involved with it. Um, you you guys are a group that does this, right? Like, how yeah. many people are involved with it? Uh, so Josh um, Hackler, the kind of editor in chief or the founder, he's been doing it since two thousand three. Which man, that's that's incredible to think about. But he invited me on to be a part of this. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was about twenty seventeen. 2016, 2017. It was right before I moved um, away from Jacksonville. Yeah, so that seems about right. Okay. Um, yeah, and he's just like, hey, I can always use help with with things. He always needs help. If you if you're a writer um, and you're listening to this, and you can even write a little bit, we're always looking for people, especially in Florida. Um, and we we take we take all comers. Anybody who, who's new to new to writing or a complete expert or former sports writer or, or anybody, you know, we can always use the help. Feel free to reach out to us or contact us. Um, so he was just like, Hey, I need some help with things. I'm like, I'm not that great at writing, but I can do a little bit. We come to find I, I'm definitely not the best writer, but I can kind of handle a lot of the logistics and a lot of the um, operation side. So I started taking over the Twitter and the social media from there. Cause I was pretty good at that and just kind of, being the expert and it's like, hey, my got a question on the rules. I'm the rules expert. Yeah, Jake, I always got the, I'll got be the honest, book on Jake, that. I, I've never met anyone who is more in tune 
with the bylaws of the U.S. Open Cup or any other organization, yeah. then you are with that. Oh, I mean, so, it'd be a dream to just sit in on one of their meetings for me, <laughs> you know? But the, those those Open Cup meetings aren't open to the public, and they barely talk about the Open Cup in the uh, public board meetings, like uh, this one that just happened last week, which is kind of why things are starting to move with Open Cup, because usually after this last board meeting, we start seeing kind of the final picture. So for the listeners who are not familiar with the Open Cup, Jake, uh, how do teams qualify for it? Yeah, so since about 2012, so going on about 10 years of this, it's been U.S. soccer has required every single um, professional team that isn't a owned by a higher division team or has their roster materially managed by a higher division team. Currently, those are just the MLS reserve teams and MLS Next Pro for the past 10 years. There's been all kinds of things. USL teams have had have had some kind of arrangement. Um, things like that. But right now, as of today, it's just the reserve teams that are owned by Major League Soccer teams in MLS Express. That's your Orlando City Bees, your Inner Miami Twos, your Bethlehem Steel. Yeah, your Bethlehem Steel uh, Steels. Uh, they're not called that anymore, Derek. They finally got rid of that branding because that was dumb. And they also moved out of the Lehigh Valley. I just, I, I just always too. thought that it was a, a weird thing. Yeah. That, the, the the club that had the most U.S. Open Cup wins in, or trophies in the history couldn't enter the tournament. Correct. So besides those teams, everybody else has to play. Everybody else has to come in. So that's your NISA teams. That's your USL League One teams. That's your independent teams in MLS Next Pro with the two that are joining next year, Chattanooga FC and Carolina Core FC. Your USL Championship teams. And then, of course, every single Major League Soccer team um, is automatically qualified. As for any team that isn't under the professional uh, banner in, in that section. Uh, qualifying can kind of happen in a few different ways. Uh, right now, what U.S. Soccer has found the best is they offer up to the large national leagues, and currently there are only three that fit that bit that billing, the NPSL National Premier Soccer League, USL League Two's USL's uh, pre-professional soccer league, as they, as they call it, um, and then the UPSL. Those are all th- those are the three leagues that meet these quote criteria as a national amateur league. They offer them up and say, you can take one of two ways to qualify for the open cup. Either you can pay the entry fee for every single team in your league, which comes out to $200 per team. And then you can decide um, how your teams are ordered. And then we can just invite teams until all your, all your allocated spots are filled up. Or you could not do that, and then every individual team is left to do the other path, which I'm going to get into, which is what's called local qualifying. So every other league besides those, well, um, so two of those leagues take that first path of of automatically having spots the NPSL and USL League Two. UPSL does not, plus any other league, any other team that's official that isn't a part of those leagues goes through what's called local qualifying. So at about like March or sorry, in August, not March, March is when the tournament proper starts. August, they open up registration. They say, hey, anybody that wants in, pay the entry fee, pay a um, refundable deposit. As long as you participate, you get it back. Don't break any rules. Cool. Um, And then you participate. And then you play through a qualifying tournament, single elimination, just like the regular tournament. And right now they do about four rounds. 
This year we had 109 teams enter and paired them down and eliminated all but 11. So between that, um, those are the main ways. Now there's a couple other small minor way, ways. So UPSL recently negotiated because they didn't want to do that large way of paying for all their teams to be entered and then figuring out the way they didn't want to do that for whatever reason, probably because it is $200 times however many teams they've got, which is like what 250, something like that. So they said, well, can we at least get like one automatic spot? And U.S. Soccer agreed. Said you're you're a huge league. You should at least get one automatic spot. So the UPSL Spring Champion, not the Fall Champion, the Spring National Champion, gets an automatic spot. That was a team out of Orlando this past spring. AS Frenzy, I Frenzy, I believe I'm pronouncing that. Uh, won the UPSL Spring National Championship. They qualified, and then the USASA has all has had for just about as long as the U.S. Open Cup has always had an amateur cup and U.S. soccer and them kind of agreed. Hey, that's kind of a, a really cool thing. We should have that be worth something for the open cup as well. And so the U.S. ASA national amateur cup champion qualifies for the open cup. That's been going on for about, Oh gosh, six, seven years now, maybe even longer. Um, and so the past one was this team out of Los Angeles, SC, Mesoamerica. Um, they play in a uh, kind of Latin American Sunday league called Liga Marazan. Um, and they kind of had an easy path to, to the National Amateur Cup. But hey, when you get down to like the Final Four and it's all the regional champions, those are all good teams. They beat the good teams and, 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 they, and they qualify. So that's a total... Between all three of those things, and I'm, I'm going to finish this up right now. Uh, between all three of those leagues, plus the teams that that, that qualify, um, it's about 325 teams, which isn't Jeez. like yeah, which 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 is a lot. It's more than people would think. Everyone's like, well, why is it? You know, that's that's a lot more than I thought. I thought it was like way way fewer teams. Like right, with 323 teams paid 200 dollar entry fees this year. You know, wow. that's not that's not like five hundred like the FA Cup gets for you know all these preliminary rounds to get, but it's a lot. Yeah. You know, we're getting there as a country. That's so great. Mm -hmm. And so right now they pared them down. And what kind of happens towards the end towards the end of this year, calendar year, is they kind of figure out and they say, Okay, this is how many pro teams we're expecting, and these are the spots that they're gonna open into. And we're going to be have open up for 32 spots this year, um, as was just recently announced. And so since we had 13 teams already qualified, the 11 that went through the qualifying tournament, plus the two automatic spots that left 19 open spots for the two the two leagues that said that they wanted their spots handed to them automatically, USL League 2 and MPSL. Those then get divided up proportionally based on their league size, 120 in USL League 2, 92 for MPSL. So I ended up with... 11 for USL League 2 and 8 for MPSL. And that's how we ended up with our 32 amateur teams. And that's pretty much how everybody gets in. All right. Cool. Do you have this in front of you or do you remember all this? No, I I, I seriously remember all this. It's it's, it's kind of crazy because we, we look at this so constantly. I mean, we. So I'll, I want we, you all we, to we rewind try, about. Like about 10 minutes, I think it was, before uh, we asked these questions. Yeah. When I mentioned Jake knows like every single bylaw, 
for like open cup like yeah. this is these last 10 minutes or whatever that that's jake guys <laughs> that is jake that's the variant and the jake we know and love all right yeah. have, you been, have you been able to take a breath now jake yeah you i'm good, good. You ready for your next question? Need my inhaler. All right, here we go. All right. So in last year's competition, uh, were there any favorite stories or games for you? Anything that, that stood out to you or, or sort of touched your your cold, cold heart? Oh, I mean, come on, man. You, you told me you, you all I'm, – I'm, I had to watch that on TV. You all were there for that game against Miami what? United. That, oh, wow, okay. Wow. What, what happened in that game, Jake? <laughs> that game, I mean, we saw – Penalty kick shootout go all the way and keeper penalties and man, he, he can't well, get that, much that, that's half the story. That that was the game. Micah Thomas had that uh, yeah. rebound goal, put it in, celebrated with with section nine hundred four, and get then the red card. got the red card in the early in the second half. We hold on to a one-one draw. Go through extra time. We even have Jamal Johnson out there playing. Like, which, yeah. who saw that coming? Uh, um, and then keeper versus keeper, ten v ten, and oh, it, it was it was glorious. It, it was such an amazing yeah. night. So I, mean, I I just keep going back to so many games that I've attended that that means so much and what what this means for these lower division teams and such and. Yes, I'm going to go back to my Tampa Bay Rowdy fan days, but I was there. You know, I was there. This was 2013 in May. I believe that was before the Armada was announced, maybe like by a few days. It wasn't, wasn't much. Um, the Seattle Sounders had to travel all the way across the country and play in Tampa Bay. Seattle had won. What, was Seattle MLS at the time, or USL Correct. still? They, they were still they were, they were MLS. Okay, so they had won the 2000. Let me make sure I get this right. The 2010 Open Cup. Yeah, the 2011 Open Cup and or no, 2009, 2010 and 2011 Open Cup, and it just lost in the final on penalty kicks in the Open Cup. This is the immediate next game after that. So we're talking about a team that had. Never lost in regulation in their entire MLS history in the Open Cup at this time over four years. The Open Cup, Seattle, that was the team. They 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 went all in and all that stuff. And they had to go all the way across the Tampa Bay. And man, you just talking about a tense game, it's nil nil, whole game. Things are going things are going back and forth back and forth. Tampa is getting some stuff, get, getting some stuff, and they finally get a goal, a goal in late into the second half. I want to say it was about the 70, somewhere in the 70, 70 some minute. And just, you know, Seattle immediately has to, you know, start subbing on all their good players. They got a player called Obi Fabi Martins, who was oh, a big man, time goal scorer. <laughs> big time goal scorer. Well, they get a penalty. Uh, Seattle, Seattle gets a penalty towards the end, end of the match. It is saved. Off the it is saved by the Tampa Bay goalkeeper. They hold on for the one nil victory, as was probably one of the one of the biggest upsets I think you'll ever see um, in Open Cup because you're just talking about a team that just didn't know losing in the Open Cup unless it was all the way down to penalty kicks, which like now, is a you know crapshoot. And that was before all the travel, um, like it, 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 our U.S. soccer started regionalizing everything right well, like no it always that. was regionalized the issue was and still is 
especially in that part of the country, is there's still there's only Seattle Sounders in Portland, and there's nobody else. This year we're going to get Spokane Valley, uh, USL League One, which might help things a little bit. But a lot of the amateur teams are, were usually either already gone by then or stuff. So also at that time, there was a lack of teams in the Southeast. Atlanta United didn't exist. Orlando City wasn't in MLS at the time. You know, Miami, all, 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 Charlotte, like all these teams didn't exist. So there was just a natural just like, well, after we did all these, you know, easy clearly geographic matchups, the leftover teams just kind of get screwed over. Right. Okay. And so that's generally how this kind of works is just they basically try to regionalize the draw as best they can. Now, they've gotten a lot better about it, and then they even do even better once the MLS teams come in as they group them together into groups. So you don't always get the same teams. You at least get some variety, but the groups are about four to six teams usually. So not a huge variety, but it keeps it still within a good geographical area. But, you know, in these early rounds, um, sometimes you, you just, you're just like, well, there's just nobody to play that's nearby. So you're going to get kind of randomly selected to play somebody that's farther away. Yeah, that, that that Messi in that semifinal um, last year. Uh, you just you just right after coming off the league's cup victory, where it just looked like Messi just could do anything, and then you you just see him make that two goal comeback in that second goal, where it just looks like he just looks up and he just sees uh, what's his what's his face the the guy from Miami. I don't I'm not very good with players sometimes, but he just you know he's just like well I can I can easily put put a ball on his platter and boom he does it in like two seconds flat and it's there. Yeah, and it's just me, like me, Messi's good. Who would have knew that he would have made it in right. in, in the U.S. Man, and and just kind of speaking to to him, you know, everybody's talking about his impact on MLS. We're kind of seeing the impact also on on the U.S. Open Cup. There's some things that I that unfortunately are um, I have sources for, but and I can't really talk to you about it. But let's just say that that money didn't just go to MLS US soccer got a decent chunk of that money from CBS Turner whoever uh Univision for the Spanish rights and things like that and there are definitely there's definitely more money to invest into this tournament and it is affecting things very in a very very good way so is that going to help with like travel costs because i know that's like one of the biggest and you, you took the words right, right like, on my uh, mouth. smaller clubs Right, so you got it. This, 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 this affects travel costs. This affects, uh, ha, you know, how, how how much U.S. Soccer has to be able to pay for broadcasts for the tournament. You know, last year they were they did they didn't have enough money to broadcast every game of the tournament on their own dime, and they were requesting teams to do it. The Armada was is able to do it last year, which was which was great. But there wasn't every team wasn't able to do it. Now with with money coming in from Messi. And we'll probably go back to every team, every game covered by U.S. Soccer and that's awesome. the broadcast, which is exactly what you want to see. So, you know, Messi, Messi raises all raises all ships. You know, high, high tide, all that good stuff, all those things. Um, it, it really helps, and hopefully, th- this really springs forward the tournament into even better things for years to come. Yeah, I was going to just say for all the people that are poo pooing, you know you know, messy and, and, you know, what is the fact has been on the, the sport of the country as a whole, that's a, a, a good uh, indicator of, you know, a, 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 what do they say? A rising tide raises all boats, right? 
and that's a yeah, perfect it, example of that. It, it really does. Like, there's going to be so much money that's going to come and help out for the U.S. Open Cup just because of just because of him. I, I want Inter Miami away at um, a Little Haiti Soccer Club. <laughs> I, I want them to get some money. I want to see them grow. Yeah, that was a fun fun trip down there. Last yeah, year. you know these, these amateur teams and and you know. Good on the ones that that do pull the upsets, but it's few and far between now. It's tough, and we're talking about it today because the, well, the, the they, they one of the problem is, is that money, start, right? Was that they do get extra money? Like what, they're the last team of a certain yes. level, right? Yes, yeah. correct. The, the 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 last team of the amateurs, the last team of Division Three, and the last team of Division Two. Um, get a get a little prize money. Um, maybe that goes up this year. Maybe the prize money goes up this year. So who knows? No, I mean I, I have no facts in front of me. I'm just saying that there's money coming in because of Messi, so it could go to anywhere. That that went to for the teams at our level. That went to Tulsa, right? Last year, yes, correct. Because yeah. they went, they pulled off quite a few, a few upsets. Um, won their first round game and then beat the local professional team. So, you know, these, these upsets are a little few and bar between some people are like, well, it's because we don't have our NCAA players and we can't play because these games are in March and April instead of May, like they used to be. And I was going through it. I'm just like, guys, if, if we try to play in May now, we're playing every single midweek for about five weeks straight. Let's do it. That's, that's, that's da- like, that's, that sounds fun, Derek, but it's also dangerous for the players to play that because then they're also still going to play on the weekends for the regular league games. You know, that, that still happens. So that's a lot of games for those, for those guys to be playing. You know, then you also have travel that you have to set up on short notice in a week instead of two or three um, weeks and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it just makes more sense to spread this tournament out and, and start it a little bit earlier because of that at the cost of these amateur teams, that rely on these college players now have to find different ways to build rosters. And at the end of the day, they want in. They're still coming in. You know, there's there's still 11 spots for USL two, and there wasn't like we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel for for teams. These were playoff teams that are still accepting invites. Same with MPSL. There are two teams that declined. There's still eight other teams that obviously clearly well, made the playoffs or were, for, were very good in playoffs. For USL two, did Redlands make it? Redlands, I think, was a little bit farther behind by a few spots. Um, oh, that's sure exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's my hometown, so I'm like kind of rooting for them. Yeah. I was actually talking to my uh, brother today, who has COVID now. Um, he, um, I think, I'm going to get him and uh, his son some season tickets to yeah. Redlands FC so that they can uh, like have a father son. Yeah, uh, you, time USL, USL two gives priority to their division champions after their their playoff champion. So when the division next year, you got a good, you got a good chance to at least be invited. Whether you accept the invite, well, that's up to the club and whether they feel they can can make that roster. Um, and 50, afford it. Fifty percent, fifty percent of the USL two teams this year that were invited said no, and that some oh. of those could be well, we're not going to have a team in the league next year, which is another requirement. You have to still be in the league the next year, and so we may not know that for a little bit. How many of those? because of that and said so just no we can't physically do that can't physically play <clears throat> as you know this is a armada podcast and most of our listeners are armada fans and supporters are there any chances the armada still making into this year's tournament 
No, we're done. That, that, that's already been it's already been done. Um, the thirty two teams have been announced. Uh, we haven't clarified with U.S. Soccer whether that could increase. It definitely won't decrease. They're never going to take away teams from the tournament after announcing them. But if there if there was to be more teams added in, it'd be in the range of two. One or, one or two more teams. So that's not going to be the Armada. The Armada were, were very much farther down the list. They were, uh, I don't have the list actually in front of me. I want to say they were 20th, 22nd. I think 22nd in the NPSL standings last and MP, year. NPSL yeah. went down to about 10th. Um, cool. Pretty much any team that was at the top wanted in, uh, which, 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 is, which is always interesting to see because there's a lot of teams that decline out of the USL League too, but the NPSL, not really a lot. Yeah, I figured I'd ask that question. I, I I kind of knew in the in my head, but I figured I would ask that for the but listener. Hey, you know, you're breaking our heart, Jake. You're breaking our heart. Twenty twenty five on. It's automatic. You're in. They're on or in. They will continue to be in as long as they remain professional. And if you win the tournament, you can go on to attempt to be the Conca champs the next as year. The draw just concluded just before the start of this recording. Um, you know, hey. You never know, because we've I, I, we've talked about it, like it can happen. Sacramento was there, and you know, and then the next year you get a, an automatic spot in the round of thirty-two, which that makes that even shorter for the following year. Not that you know, every te- a lot of teams went back to back, but Sacramento could have been entering two rounds ahead had they won that game ahead of the rest of their league, which would have been you know very interesting to see, but it didn't happen. One of the Armada's biggest rivals in the last few years was Southern State Soccer Club called uh, Spit. Uh. Uh, I, um, we thought they qualified for the Open Cup by reaching the regional final. Did their exclusion from the MPSL Open Cup list surprise you, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it surprises me anytime an MPSL team declines because it's usually much, much fewer. Um, it doesn't seem like that they're folding at this point. So the only conclusion I can, I can make is that they either didn't, didn't feel like they do it, or maybe they're not even going to be a part of the MPS next MPSL next year. You have to be a part of the league to be a part of it. Um, and that could be a reason that breaks my heart because I want revenge. I really want revenge. Yeah. And you may not get it. <laughs> I'm still the only one of the three of us that have seen us win it out there at Southern States. You you may forever be the only one. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah, I don't know. I, every after every trip, I say I'm not going to do that trip again, and I guess maybe now I'll get my wish. Yeah. So 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 Jake, um, and I know this is going to be tough, but imagine that I'm a miserable bugger. And, <laughs> you and, no. I, and that I uh, don't pay any attention to the Open Cup. What is your one biggest reason I should pay attention to if the Armada aren't involved? Uh, because, man, you know, the cup set, it really is the greatest thing that so much in America just, just can't see. If you're a fan of any any kind of football that's in Europe, like the Open Cup should be like an instant watch because – what do you mean? You don't you don't watch the Scottish Cup? You don't watch the FA Cup? You don't watch Copa del Rey? Of course you do. So then why wouldn't you watch the U.S. Open Cup? Because it's the same thing. Like, you know, what, who did Bayern Munich just lose to? Well, the same thing happens here. 
it happens. And I've seen it. In fact, we have seen twice before an MLS team go down to amateur opposition. It has happened. It's as frequent as a 16 over one in the NCAA tournament, but it happens. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's always a chance. And that's why it's worth watching because you just never know. Jake, I am throwing a curveball question out here. Go for it, my man. If there is a power that be is listening and wants advice from Jake Sillick, what would you change about the Open Cup? What would I change about the Open Cup, man? Uh, we're kind of getting there, to be straight honest with you. So I don't think that we're that, that these changes I'm proposing are that far off. Um, more prize money. So as I mentioned, we're getting money in for Messi. So that could happen. Um, more more teams overall in the tournament. You know, right now we're about uh, two thirds of the of the teams are pro teams, and about one third are. Or, or the amateur teams, I would love to see that be closer to maybe 65 or, or like, yeah, like six, 60 percent or even 55 percent pro teams and just more amateur teams that are allowed. But at the same time, they got to be good teams. We can't just allow, you know, teams that are going to get beat 10, 10 nil. Um, that's no fun for anybody. No, so, I, I, so I'm with you there. I want more teams, but I want more than just like the good teams. I want like, I want every NPSL, every UPSL team to qualify for opening rounds and just start not battling it out. Yeah, I mean, knockout style. That's really what we kind of do, Derek. Derek, that's what we kind of do. I mean, that's what there's 109 teams. I mean, nobody's saying that every UPSL team can't enter qualifying. They could if they all wanted to, but they don't. Why? You have to ask them. Why why wouldn't you be a part of the Open Cup? It's probably because it costs too much for them. So maybe we need more money to go in. There just needs to be more money overall that, that has to happen with that. You know, their travel costs, you know, need to be paid. They're they're not in qualifying, although I'm being told that that's changing a little bit, that maybe for some of the longer travels that some of the teams did, US soccer kind of helped them out a little bit. But you know, we go through qualifying rounds that's the same as an fa cup you know preliminary round first qualifying round second qualifying round to pare down all the non-league teams down to 32 non-league teams what a what a coincidence we have 32 amateur teams or open division so they split the gate you know they don't you know so that's an interesting thought and maybe there is some some merit to that, some merit to having a split gate or something like that. But what a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to comes to splitting the gate is it's splitting the net gate. So that's taking away all the costs of running it. And right. so the FA, the FA Cup allows the home team to deduct security costs, staff costs. Um, a, 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 yeah, but that a, can a, go a long way, though, like for a really yeah. small club. Right. Yeah, but, 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 but what is it that if we did that in America, the net gates at a lot of these games are minuscule. 
or negative. Neg- I was going to say negative because I'm not charge negative. nothing this past season. Right. If, if it's negative, then they there's nothing to split. They, they so, made that beer money, though. They made that beer money. So, <laughs> so like, that's good in theory, but it, it has to be done smartly and it has to be done in a way that makes sense. So okay. maybe it's just better just to have the prize money just just be a per round thing. You know, you know, you win you win a first round game, you can get a few hundred dollars, you know, or whatever makes sense for that. But I think the overall prize money has to be larger. We have to go way bigger than three hundred thousand dollars. And I think that's what that that's what Don Garber's talking about when when he talks about this. He's not talking about Oh well, you don't want to be the open cup because we don't care about. It. He just wants the open cup to really mean something for his league and for everybody else too. So I think they just want they just want more money involved in it. They they want either more prize money or a cut of the TV deal. You know, hey, it's MLS's player at the end of the day. Maybe they maybe they have have a right to some of that TV deal. I don't know, but. That's that's what I think Don Garber's talking about. He's not talking about leaving the Open Cup. They can't leave the Open Cup. Professional League standards stipulate that they have to participate. Um, and everybody agreed to that. And they were just agreed to this year. So if they were considering changing that, they would have like worked on that then instead of, you know, so just, just talking about that. So I th- that's what I think Don Garber's really talking about. So what you're saying is all the uh, conspiracy guys got it wrong they're just not the ten hat brigade right they're just not talking about he guess and he's talking about participation but i think what he's talking about is he's talking about if when we participate we should get some of that money that comes from that that we're being put on broadcast that money should go to us but so is usl so they should get some of that money too you know if they're playing a usl team or when it's two mls teams you know that's Right. That, even though it's an open cup, like they, they're the ones being broadcast. So that that's what I think he's act, he actually means by that. He doesn't mean, he doesn't mean oh we're gonna take out the Concacaf Champions Cups. That makes no sense. That makes no sense what whatsoever. Because why would you take away the good teams out of the tournament? Then that makes the tournament worth less. Then CBS and Turner or whoever doesn't pay nearly as much because now there's no Messi. Now there's no no any of this. That makes no sense. No, those teams have to be in, but that money may have to just be distributed out differently. And so that's what they're talking about. Well, when conspiracies you know are coming to play, nothing makes sense. Yeah, nothing. Nothing ever makes sense. All right, Jake. We want to thank you for uh, taking a little bit of time uh, with us. Can you give us your socials? Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I'll put you on the spot. Come on. S P O R T Z F R K. Sport Z F R K. It's just an old high school thing. I haven't abandoned. Too lazy for it, I guess. Where you want to call about it? Um, that's me. Um, and then I'm usually the one tweeting from the cup.us, which is at US Open Cup. Why the Open Cup hasn't requested us to change that. Nobody knows. Josh is like, I don't even know. They may have changed our website name, but not our not our social media handles. Go figure. So our, I want to pivot though, um, just because Jake, you've uh, you've been a kind of a diehard Armada supporter, even yeah. though you've moved away and uh, moved I keep to moving a farther state away that too. has. Yeah, I know. Like, what, what state are you in? I'm in Arizona. Yeah. You know what's weird is I looked at our analytics. We have zero listens from Arizona. Do you? Wow, Jake. Wow. I, I, man, I just moved here like <laughs> like four months ago. Give me a minute. Just give me a minute. 
<laughs> so move it a house now, you know. But you you keep in touch with a little bit from Jacksonville, though, right? I do. I will. Did he catch the news yesterday? Which would have been Wednesday, December twelfth. Yeah, man. You know, it's 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 good to see. You know, and, hey, that's another thing to talk about is that that's the biggest change that he's happens. There should be not just a men's open cup, but a women's open cup. And when USL launches their Super League, if that does happen, um, you well, know, let, I, let's I, talk I, about the let's talk about the other league. Yeah, yeah, there's NWSL. there's a NWSL team that the owner of the Armada has announced that they're planning on forming a team here in Jacksonville. You know, exploratory group, which means he's in the initial stages, which is which is good. He he should be starting that, of course. But it's just like, you know, could could be many years off. And I do think it's pot. You know, in the phase one configuration of the Armada Stadium at five thousand, that's clearly not enough. So that's why it still could be many years off. But hey, at least he's um, starting that, and it's good to see. So the, the, the so we're listening to another podcast that uh, Nathan was on. Um, it was um, what was it, Dan? What the health? What podcast? the health? Yeah, it was a local local business podcast. So <laughs> the Armada president Nathan Walter was on that. Um, I think he threw out a number a lot higher than five thousand. I think it's going to be expandable up to twenty. Well, of course, but yeah, the, the, I know he's doubting it's gonna not gonna get to that point, but when? It's not not gonna be in twenty twenty five. I think the target two. is like twenty, twenty seven, twenty two. Okay, like like cool, that's great. So when that happens, that's when an NWSL team right. finally and if, if you read if you, if you read the press release, it does mention phase two for yeah. phase two. And so that's not, definitely not gonna be uh, 2025 because phase one scheduled to be uh, completed in uh, in time for the 2025 season. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens. You know, I did right. not even catch that. Yeah, that it. it was that they're going to be. Oh, I'm reading it right now. Like it's yeah. yeah so it it won't be 2025. That's very interesting. Yeah, well, it was, you know, they're, they're, they're expecting MLS Next Pro to become bigger by then, which which, which is good. And so, you know, who knows what happens in the in five years from now, and I, and I hope they're successful. And hey. I I would love I would absolutely love to see a professional women's soccer team in Jacksonville. Well, look they, at where we were five years ago. Correct. We didn't know if we would have a soccer they club. Didn't well. know anything. <laughs> so right. look at us. A lot can change in five years. I don't I don't know how many of y'all remember, but Patton Park was a little light in attendance. Yeah. <laughs> Still had a good time, uh, as we discussed a couple episodes ago. Still had a good time, (sighs) for sure. And Jake, if you had a chance, that was maybe two episodes ago. You can uh, get caught up. I will will go back and listen some more, guys. I will. (laughs) I got time now. All right. We Uh, thank you for uh, Jake, we love you. We we do love you, Jake. And we thank you for sticking (sighs) around. Um, Just to touch on a little bit, because this is an Armada podcast. um, They've got an event coming up next week, Derek. Is that correct? Yeah, Tuesday, uh, what, what would that be? The 19th? the 19th? The 19th of December. Only for season ticket holders, though. Or season ticket deposit. Or deposit, deposits, which is 100 bucks, and they give you a jersey. Yep, and you get, uh, for this event, I think they're doing a a free a free uh, beverage at Wicked Barley. And, uh, and hors d'oeuvres. Or horses d'oeuvres. Or d'oeuvres. Um, and I think they're going to be having a roundtable discussion with... Tommy Kay, 
Keita and Jamal Johnson. So that should be a good time for sure. Some greater Marta legends there, man. Yeah, like, for sure. That guys are, that we're gonna we're gonna be singing about for so many years. Years to come for sure. And also the, the, the real question though is will Ian be sad that night? Obviously. I mean you don't expect anything else. <laughs> There's a free beer involved. Come on. Yeah. Unless I round up everybody else's tickets, I'm probably still gonna be sad. <laughs> but there's our dirt Tommy K will be there. What's sad about yeah. Tommy K? Beer and horses doofers. Who can ask for more? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to hopefully see Ian with a smile on his face um, for sure. And uh, also a little bit of breaking news here uh, that uh, there may be some special hosts uh, for the the roundtable discussion or what do they call it? A fireside chat, I think they called it. So um, show up to find out what that's going to be all about. So I believe that is going to do it for this episode. So we want to thank the veteran, Jade Silic, uh, for coming and joining us and talking about Open Cup. And I guess we'll end this with a Go Armada. Go Armada. Armada. Gun yourself, guys. Bye. Bye. Go Armada!